Hey, it's Jason Flatland here. You're listening to The Jason Flatland Show, where I'll be sharing everything from sales and webinar tips to improving productivity and reaching your infinite potential. My name is Jason Flavin. They call me the best webinar presenter in the world. It's certainly got the track record to prove it. I've done webinar trainings for Zoom. I've consulted with some of the biggest companies in the world, and many people have used my webinars very successfully. It's all in the book here, one to many. I've got several, several, seven, eight, and even nine-figure results for clients with the webinars that we've designed. Now, when it comes to the actual philosophy of how a webinar should be presented, let me break that down for you first. There's a couple different ways you can do a webinar. One way is this very high production multi-camera shoot where it's mostly you full motion video and a camera, kind of like I'm doing now without any other cameras. And that's okay. And there are places for that. Generally, for mid-ticket type of offers that have mass, 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 mass market reach. So if you're talking like weight loss and you're doing a program there, then it might make sense to do a full motion production, especially if you could get hundreds of thousands of people watching it. Basic level personal development, that kind of stuff might make sense. We're talking this kind of like an infomercial, basically. So you'll see people use that, like a Tony Robbins will do something like that. And then they have like all those crazy Zoom screens in the back and all that kind of stuff. That's a hyper-coordinated effort. I know the companies that work with those types of personalities to run those types of events, and you're paying six figures just to get the company interested to produce the thing for you. So even though there's power in that, most of the time you're not going to want to go there. There's too much upfront work. And in most use cases, it's not even the best way of going about it. So there's very rare instances where that's going to outconvert everything else. On the flip side, you can do something like a screen demonstration where you're showing your screen and you're sharing your screen and everything is kind of like a demonstration via a screen share. And those generally don't work very well because it's hard to coordinate and orchestrate those. So what most people do is use PowerPoint or Keynote or Google Slides, some sort of slide deck. And that is probably the best way to do a webinar, especially if you're selling something at the end of it, is with a slide deck. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be the best tool to increase the amount of conversions and to pull the most amount of money out of your webinar. Now, with that said, most people's slides, they're not very good. And they often can get away with it because they have a really good offer. They have a really good insight, which is the content portion of the webinar. And so the audience will tolerate substandard visuals because the topic is interesting enough and the offer is good enough. But if we want to hit a 10 out of 10 on every component, the design aspect of a webinar is also very, very important. So I'm going to give you best practices and then I'm going to give you the real world examples because I very rarely can meet best practices myself, even though I know what they are. We're making concessions. By the way, that's a good lesson in and of itself is being able to know, hey, this is the ideal, but we got to get it done by Wednesday. So where are we going to make sacrifices? Knowing that we are certainly not making a Mona Lisa here. We're cutting corners, but we're doing it intelligently. So I'll give you the best practices first, and then I'll tell you about the practical implementation of this. The general rule of thumb with slides is one point per slide. So what you'll normally see on a sales webinar is a title and then three bullet points. One headline, one main point or even just a main point. There's no headline subtitle or there's no title subtitle bullet point. Ideally, it's one point per slide. And in an ideal world, you're changing the slides between every three to 10 seconds. You would have movement. So I want you to think about this. If it's you're making a slide change every 10 seconds, 
that's six slide changes per minute. And if you have a 60 minute presentation, that would be 360 slides. That's what it probably should be. I generally don't have, I'm not generally on slide 360 one hour into the presentation, but I know if I was, it might make a difference. And I here, let me caveat might. Okay, so let me, let me unpack that for you. When you're first doing a webinar, there's things that are more important than design. Like you got to make sure you got the right offer to the right audience and the right mode of communication in terms of what you're focusing on in the content, how you're setting it up, what their objections are and so forth. And so design plays a lesser role to those issues. But once we know that those are the issues and once we've dialed them in, we're like, man, we have an offer. People are buying it. We seem to have dialed it in just enough so we know that this is working. Where can we improve? The slides are usually the first place that we can go to improve the presentation. If I have a good presentation, I used to do this when I used to consult more than I do now. Really big YouTuber. I can't reveal who he is. Last I checked, I think he had about two, maybe three million subscribers. Huge personality. And he hired me for consulting. So we did eight hours of consulting. $25,000 is what I charge for eight hours of consulting. And we did it in two hour chunks. In the first session that we did, out of everything I taught him, and I taught him a lot of good stuff, and a lot of it ended up making a big difference in his business. But one thing that I showed him that immediately more than paid for my consulting is I said, just triple your slide count. He says, what do you mean? I said, you're at 150 slides right now. I said, if you just make this the same presentation over 450 slides instead of 150, I guarantee you your conversions will go up. I just could see it in his scenario. So he implemented, he came back, and he'd already made an extra $100,000. And all they did was take it to their team and just find a way to take one slide that he was stuck on and turn it into three. That was it, because movement, movement is important. The visuals are important. And so we want one main point per slide, and then we want the slides to move very quickly. Now, what I'll do when I'm first laying out the slides is I'll just put words on them for the most part, other than when there's an obvious visual. But then on the second pass-through of my slide deck, I'll say, can we show this instead of tell this? And if we can show this, how can we show this? Now, the best type of things to show are proof elements to validate whatever claims you're going to make. So when I'm doing an Amazon webinar, it's one thing for me to say one out of every five professional Amazon sellers sells over a million dollars a year. It's another thing for me to clip it from the web and show the article where I got that piece of information from and then put the source URL of that article underneath of it and put that on a visual. I do this other part of the presentation of this Amazon webinar where we show how if you started an Amazon business and you only sold 600 month one and made 600 profit, if you reinvested your profits in, in 24 months, you would make a million dollars. That's the magic of compound interest. That's what I teach there. And so you could start with $1,000, turn it into a $600 profit. And then just reinvest that profit. And in 24 months, if you sold at the same rate, it would compound into a million dollars. I show the actual compounding chart. I show every single month on that chart and I show the number down to the penny. Now, do I read every number out? No, I don't read every number out. I just talk about the magic of compound interest, how you could start with a little amount of money. I said, here's how you could start with $600. And in 24 months, through the magic of compound interest, you could turn it into a million dollars. And then I move on to the next slide. It is maybe five seconds of the total presentation because I bring up a point before then. The real point that I'm making is people underestimate the momentum that can occur. So at first they're selling these products that don't seem very interesting, that don't seem like there's a lot of money involved in them. But what they don't get is that if they just had three or four or five or six of those products, and then over time they went from selling one or two a day to three or four or five a day, 
Oh my God, this is how most fortunes are made in a very boring way. Not in a spectacular Instagram with models and Ferraris in the background way, but in a very boring, almost invisible way. So I've already set up that point and then I bring it home with the example that I just described to you. And that's how that visual shows up there is the chart. And it's only flashed on the screen for five seconds and then you move on. So this is one of the reasons why people aren't building these things out like they should be because of it takes a lot of effort. It might take somebody five or 10 minutes to build that chart out that you would only show for five seconds on the webinar. You see what I'm saying? And so usually the second pass-through on the slide deck, what I'm doing in that scenario is finding the easiest visual elements to fold in there. Or what I'm doing on the second one is saying, okay, there's too much on this slide. Let's break it apart and let's put it on a couple different slides. So I'm decoupling these slides that have too complex of ideas. The other thing that I'm doing with slides is I want to make everything always feel comfortable to look at for the most part. Now, in the instance of the chart, there's no good way to show a lot of data all at once. And so sometimes you say, okay, it is what it is. But in most instances, I say, if I could show this visually, what would be most attractive and pleasing to the eye? What would make somebody say, wow, that looks awesome? Because even if you're showing a lot of cool stuff, if people are looking at it and they start to feel weird inside, like, oh, this is too hard, they're associating this negative feeling with you and your content. We don't want that. We want positive. Now, this doesn't mean you make it all look flashy and pretty and glitzy and glamoury because that's impersonal, first of all. So people feel disconnected from that. Second of all, it feels like it's too much about the presentation, not about the content in the presentation. So the design is hyper-functional and it usually does not look pretty or slick. But what I mean is looking attractive at a glance is if I can show somebody, here's Amazon, they're this big. Here's Walmart.com, here's Etsy, and there are these tiny little blips on the radar. Somebody looks at it instantaneously, they can understand the information. Oh, wow, I get that. And then they say, I better be doing what he's saying. I get it. You know, I, I talk about climbing Mount Everest naked is the equivalent of trying to make money online without Amazon. Walmart and Etsy, these smaller marketplaces in comparison to Amazon. Amazon's this big, they're this small, and I talk about how they're mom and pop shops compared to the massive thing that is Amazon. So I'm just showing as much as I possibly can for each point that I'm talking on the screen and the idea is movement. Now here's the cop out, here's the practicality of this. If you do have more than one point on a slide, animate them. So if I do have three bullet points on a slide, it's bullet point one shows up all by itself. And then I animate the second bullet point. So when I say it, then bullet point two shows up and then the third one shows up. So there's still movement there. It's one slide, but there's three animations. So each one, you see it building on the next one on the next one. So they're not seeing too much information all at once. The information is slowly revealed to them. But in an ideal situation, those would be three slides all on their own. Another little interesting point for you is oftentimes people will make the big title and then they'll have like the three bullet points underneath of it. The title will often contain the least important information. So if anything, the title should be the smallest thing and the three pieces, the bullet points should be larger than the title. And oftentimes we don't design in that way simply because design theory has taught us to default titles big and then bullet point, bullet point is smaller. But just take a look at that. Is what I'm saying on this slide is the most important thing, the biggest font. If it's not, hmm, maybe should it be? Possibly should we put some sort of visual component on the most important piece of information? It could be a highlight. It could be an underlined. It could be a different color. That's something you want to consider as well. But other than that, I think when you get to the offer, that's when it becomes very clear on each slide. I have a call to action so they know here's where you go to sign up. And I have what I call an offer slide too. One slide. And if I could only have one slide to sell you on the whole thing, it would be this slide. I designed that. So it shows everything you get. And it's just one slide. Now this does have 
have a lot of information on it. But in this particular case, it's the most important information because we're trying to sell products here. So you have that one master call to action slide that contains everything on it on its own that somebody would need to know what you have, what you offer, and why it's a good deal. So that's the only really busy slide that I focus on so people can always, and we land on that at the end of our webinars, and that's what we stay on for the most part is we have that going there. But the one last thing I'll do is sometimes you want to mix up design. So if they're used to seeing something a certain way, change the slides a little bit. So it's not always like title, bullet point, bullet point, title, bullet point, bullet point. Sometimes you want to have just an image. Sometimes you want to have it where there's two columns instead of one column. So you want to have a little bit of variety so we don't just habituate it. So there's changes in the designs to keep people awake, keep people focused, and to break up different portions of your presentation to look fresh, unique, and exciting, and this feeling of, oh my God, what comes next? Now, if you want to see this in action, get the book. And in the book, you can see some of the designs that I lay out, and I have a link in the book to some of the presentations that I've done so you can study and look at the designs that way. That's what I got for you now. Chew into that. Let me know your thoughts. I'll see you on the next video. Hey, Jason Flyland here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful at all, please leave me a review. And thanks again and stay tuned for future episodes.